I believe that what we do as women in the privacy of our own minds is the single greatest determinant of our lives. I'm Emma Title, and you are listening to the Women Today podcast, where we are unpacking and investigating the new female psychology. I am a psychotherapist, coach, and teacher who is passionate about women's internal and external freedoms. You are in the right place if you want to hear in-depth stories about women's lives. On this show, we dig deep into the minds and hearts of women to understand what it really takes to heal, to grow, and to experience psychological freedom so that we can create lives of authenticity, fulfillment, and contribution. This is a place to receive nourishment, inspiration, and guidance as we continue to show up for the complexity and nuance of our lives as women. I'm so glad that you're here, and let's get started with today's episode. Hey, and welcome back everyone to another episode of the Women Today podcast. I am your host, Emma Title, and I am so psyched to be with you all today talking about how to create a social media detox that will work for you. Now, before you turn this off, you get scared or psyched out. I just want to say that I'm going to be presenting so many different options, techniques, and approaches. So if you are someone who loves your social media and can't imagine going a day without it, don't worry. I've still got things for you. And really what this episode is about is going deep into understanding how various situations, relationships, substances, and inputs can affect our emotional and psychological well-being as women and how to gain more mastery and control around what we allow into our worlds and what we have boundaries around. So I've got lots of different goodies coming your way, and I am super excited to be sharing this information with you all because this is a subject that comes up consistently week after week, day after day, year after year with the women who I work with privately. This is a conversation that comes up in my social circles, conversations that I'm having and partaking in in my family in multi-generational ways. And it's something that we all really need to think about and discuss and get conscious around together. So to start out, I'm going to be sharing some basic umbrella concepts or starting points of where I'm coming from, just so you can get a sense of the angle that I'm entering into the conversation with. Then I'm going to share with you some personal experiences and experiments I've done around my relationship and behavior with social media. I'm going to share with you what I've learned and observed through watching my own experience in these experiments. And then I'll lead you through a series of questions that you can ask yourself to gauge where you're at, where you might want to go. And if there are any changes you want to make, I will also be providing some options for how you can start to structure and experiment with your own social media detox, whether that's a full detox or partial. And I'll get into all that later in the episode. So to start out, let's just cover some basic umbrella concepts that I imagine most of us can agree with, okay? So here we are in 2021, which is when I'm recording this episode, and the internet, social media, technological devices, the access to almost infinite amounts of information and resource that we all have at our fingertips at this point in human history is completely unprecedented. We have never experienced anything like this before in human history. And the truth is that it doesn't seem to be going anywhere soon. Okay. Meaning it's not going to be changing 
in any major way for the foreseeable future. Of course, things will change and morph and evolve, but I think we all need to accept and embrace that there is a certain level of technological input, access, and consumption that we are all going to do to one degree or another. The second piece that I want to name is that these things, they are powerful tools, okay? So from my perspective, they are not good or bad, right or wrong. And specifically around social media, there can be a lot of feelings and a lot of hype and all sorts of information out there. And my perspective is these things are neutral, It's our relationship and relating to them that we do as humans and decisions we make for ourselves or for larger companies or organizations that then have impacts and consequences that we need to deal with. But categorizing blanket in a blanket way, categorizing social media as all good or all bad or the internet as amazing or destructive that binary black and white thinking doesn't actually really help any of us because again, it's in the air we breathe. It's a substance that we all have to relate to one way or another. And I think a more empowering stance includes more nuance It includes more subtlety, more complexity, and a lot of personalization to our relationship with it. And that's where the real juice and the fun comes in. So the final umbrella point I want to make is that I believe we have a tremendous amount of personal power and control as women to decide how we are or are not going to allow these influences into our psyches, our bodies, our minds, and our lives. However, we are swimming upstream. And what I mean by this is that there are a ton of people, industries, and forces that are interested in capturing our precious attention through these channels of social media. So given that there is so much force and investment and and pure dollars that are spent trying to capture our attention in this way, it's critical that we stay awake and aware of the influences at play. We cannot become complacent here. We cannot We cannot forget that we are swimming upstream when it comes to these influences and forces. And so when we center ourselves on our personal power and control, then we have a lot of decision-making power about how we relate to the, the forces that want to capture our attention. And we get to decide, hey, do you get my attention or do you not? Okay, I'll talk more about this later. So to give you some personal examples from my life, I have had, um, I would say, a complicated and very mixed or ambivalent relationship with social media since I've participated in it, which has been well over a decade. And what I can say about that is that from the beginning, I was aware, I remember when Facebook first became a thing. And I just knew that this thing intimidated me. I knew that this thing was powerful and I knew that it had the potential to cause a lot of harm. And of course, now we've all learned and there's been a lot more understanding and information about that as we've all gone along. But from the get-go, I was hesitant to participate. And I wasn't sure if that's how I wanted my social relating and my social life and a lot of my worlds to be oriented around. From that point forward, it's just been an up and down relationship. I kind of say it's like a love-hate relationship for me. And it may not be that way for you, but what that has caused in me is a lot of fits and starts. 
So I'll be on one of these platforms, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or something like that. And then I will notice that it's affecting me in ways that I don't want it to, and I'll go off. So it's kind of like, you know, I, I dabble, I come back, I dabble, I come back. And as part of that, I've actually had entire years where I abstained completely from social media. I've also had periods of several months where I've abstained from social media. And I've also had periods where I've engaged daily, sometimes in ways that felt good and constructive and other times in ways that felt addictive and habitual. So I've really been all over the map And I share that with you honestly and openly and humbly because I'm not immune to the dopamine hits, to the addictive quality of these platforms. I'm not immune to wanting to stay plugged in and, you know, aware of what's going on in the broader society or friend network or community. And I've also noticed that if I go too far into my engagement in that world, it really compromises other parts of my life, my happiness and well-being. So here I am now, and just so you have a sense that I've really been all over the map, I want to break down some of the benefits that I have personally experienced as a result of stepping back from social media, either for months or years, and also some of the benefits that I've observed in my clients who I've supported to do small or large social media detoxes. So the number one benefit that I have found from taking a break of any length from social media is that Almost immediately, within 24 to 48 hours, I feel more present in my own life and the lives of those people who are in my more immediate spheres of contact, whether that's friends, family, colleagues, coworkers, or neighbors. So almost immediately, more present. Second thing I've noticed is that my brain feels more rested, less drained, And I have less fractured attention. I feel more capable of doing deep work and being in contact with myself and others around me. And so I want to break this down a little bit because this is one of the the biggest concerns I have about social media is the way that it thwarts and divides our attention. I don't know if you've ever been to a party and, you know, you're so excited. You finally get there. You have some kind of gathering and then half the people in the room end up on their phone, not talking to each other, but looking at things on their screens. Whenever this happens, I feel a deep loss and grief and sadness. You know, maybe we travel across the country to see family members, or we finally got together with that couple that we hadn't seen in ages. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, that's not important. It's the phones that become important. It's other things that are going on. And so we actually lose presence. We lose contact and connection in that moment. Another benefit that I've noticed when I get space from social media is that my creativity and my inspiration for life feels way more alive, way more technicolor, way more vibrant and original. So I'll have these experiences where my thoughts or ideas or my downloads or just my my openness, my, my spirituality, my experience of direct contact with life feels incredible. And when I'm not exposing myself to the substance of social media, I feel more in direct contact with with myself and that energy beyond myself, as opposed to wondering, hey, do I have this idea or this inspiration because of that thing I just saw on social media or because my friend 
just posted this picture of her kid or just bought that pillow for her couch or whatever it might be. So, you know, I think sometimes we can underestimate the power of scrolling and just seeing being flooded by all these images and words and experiences of other people and how that really detracts from our own direct contact with life and creativity itself. Similarly, the whole concept of compare and despair is really massive for women when it comes to social media. So as women, we tend to be extremely relational. We come to understand ourselves, what we love, what we don't like, who we are, and what's important to us, oftentimes through relationship and experience. And so social media has this way of condensing all of that into static images or videos or words. And what they do is they can really cause us to feel not good about ourselves, to feel in comparison to other people's lives, what they're doing, the trips they're traveling on, how their family or their partner look, you know, what they're up to in the world. Sometimes that can be inspiring and that can be really wonderful and connective, but more often than not, what women report in my practice is that it has them go into comparison. It has them reference their own life, their own values, their own experience in relationship to these other things that aren't humans. They're not human beings. They come from human beings, but they're static and they present one facet, one side of the story. And so when we abstain or reduce or remove social media from our lives, oftentimes people report way more satisfaction with their own experience, their own relationships, their own priorities, because they're not comparing and despairing in relationship to others. Another piece that I want to name is that most people have a default or habitual pattern or relationship with social media. Because of the dopamine hits that we get from seeing a new ding or ping or tag or like, we often will go back for more and more and more, even if it's not feeling good. So in that way, it can mirror or mimic substances like alcohol or drugs And it's different, but at the same time, it operates and can operate similarly in the brain. And so what I've noticed in myself and also a lot of the women that I've worked with is that when we are engaging in any type of unconscious behavior or pattern, meaning it's not intentional, we haven't gotten the pattern or behavior to work for ourselves. And it's almost like it's in control of us. That leads to a lot of feelings of not being in self-governance and not being in charge, which can then erode or detract from our experience of empowerment or choice or freedom or just being the authors of our own lives. So finally, I'd want to just mention that another piece that goes on with social media, that's one of the benefits if we remove ourselves from it, is that there is so much projection, assumption, judgment, jealousy, and reactivity that goes on on social media. You know, and this happens in normal human relating. It can happen with your neighbors, with your friends' kids. It can happen with your friends. It can happen with your family, but the the context, the arena of social media can just be so toxic in terms of how quick and judgmental and reactive we can get to one another and also how much we can shrink other people's humanity or our own, you know, how much we can just 
put that person in a box or I didn't like that post or they're clearly trying to get something out of that post and that's disgusting or whatever it is. It's like all these little monkey mind things don't enhance our ability to be kind, to be compassionate, to be empathic and to consider the whole spectrum of who somebody is as a human being. And I personally don't like that feeling. I don't like feeling like I'm in a box and I don't like feeling like I'm putting other people in a box because it doesn't make me feel like I'm operating my best as a human. So all of that, when I reduce or remove social media, seriously, significantly reduces. And I think that's a huge benefit. I'm sure there are hundreds, if not thousands of other benefits of reducing social media, but I just wanted to speak to those pieces since I know them so intimately in my own experience and also with the women that I work with. Like I said, this is not black and white. It's not all good or all bad. And so I did want to just balance the story and say that I've noticed several drawbacks to removing myself from social media. And I wanted to state those in case they resonate with you. And you might also want to think about what are the drawbacks for you if you were to reduce or remove social media from your own life. I'll say that one of the major drawbacks for me is that I tend to use social media for inspiration, to stay connected, and also to get educated, okay? So I tend to follow a lot of women who I admire and who I look up to either personally or professionally or both. And when I remove those inputs or exposures from my life, one thing that I notice is I actually... I have to really seek out other sources of education, inspiration, and connection because I'm not getting that hit, that easy access in the same way from social media. So one of the ways that I've tried to combat this is that I'll try to read more books from those women or listen to more audios from those women, or it'll inspire me to reach out to that friend who lives across the country and actually check in with her directly instead of feeling like I'm in touch with her because of social media. Another drawback that I've noticed, which might be a big one for you, is is noticing that when major things happen, either nationally or internationally, if I'm not on social media, I miss out on a whole discourse and dialogue that's going on there that's not in normal news channels, but that's more from the people of the people. And I actually, even though it can be overwhelming, I actually like being a part of the learning and the conversation and hearing from other people about these major things that are going on and getting different angles so that I'm not ignorant and I'm more aware of what it is that I am either participating in or not participating or what where I need to position myself in a bigger social platform or bigger social community issues. So I miss out on that. And personally, I miss out on adorable pictures and important updates from people I love who do share on social media and from people that I might not know personally, but who I respect and admire. And I might feel really moved or touched or inspired by what they're sharing about their learning or their family or their friends. And so one thing that I've done to try to address this with people that I know is I try to be more proactive. You know, if I'm not on social media, like, hey, send me a picture of your girl. I want to see her. Or how was your recent trip? I'd love to see pictures. And these are ways that I try to combat the drawbacks if I'm not on there. And finally, I also really miss out on a diversity of perspectives and experiences. 
So, you know, one of the drawbacks, one of the beautiful benefits of social media and how it connects us is that we can really connect with people from all different walks of life who live in different locations, have different experiences. And if I just get more local, if I get more into my family and friends, the people I went to school with, the people my kid goes to school with, then, you know, it's easy for me to lose diversity in my perspectives. And that's not great either. And so if this is going on, if I'm noticing this again, what I try to do is consciously expose myself through books or audios or videos, other ways of learning from people who have different perspectives than I do. Okay. So that's a little breakdown of some benefits and drawbacks. Again, you may have your own, but I do think it's worthwhile if this is an area of your life where you're not feeling great or you want to make some change to spend some time thinking about the benefits of reducing social media and the drawbacks and see where it leads you. It might really illuminate some interesting points for yourself. Next, I want to get into some questions for you. Okay. So if you're thinking about changing your relationship to social media, if you've noticed that it's affecting you in ways that you don't feel good about, whether that's depression, anxiety, compare and despair, lack of presence in your own life, getting triggered with people you know and don't know, or just a general sense of wasting or losing time, which a lot of women report to me, then I want you to walk yourself through a few questions here, okay? So the first one is, what is your current relationship to and behavior pattern with social media? So if I walked into your life and your world and observed you for 24 to 48 hours, What is the current status quo when it comes to your social media consumption? Second question, which platforms do you use and what do you use it for? So I just gave you some examples from my own life of what I tend to be using social media for, but we all use it for different things. Some people like to see cat videos. Some people like to see pictures of their friends' kids. Some people use it for business promotion. Some people use it to get information or news. There's a whole range of ways and reasons people use social media, and we often don't stop to think about the why. So I want you to track which platforms are you using and what do you use it for? Fourth question is when you go on there, how do you end up feeling about yourself, the world, and people in general, both those close to you, the ones you don't know, but you follow, okay? So this is really important. You might even want to spend a week tracking this. You might want to pull up a spreadsheet. I've done that for myself before, but really noticing how do you end up feeling about yourself, the world, and people in general? And I'll be fascinated to see and hear what your results are, because usually when I have women track this, what we notice is that there are not a ton of positive results here, that usually people end up feeling badly about themselves, like they wasted time, that the world is overwhelming or destructive or has no hope, and that people are, you know, fundamentally flawed or triggering Sometimes they feel inspired or moved, but in general, it's not the case. Next question, what do you get from social media and what do you lose out on from social media? So these are different than benefits and drawbacks, but it's actually looking at like, what are you gaining 
And what are you losing? And I would particularly encourage you to focus on what you are losing, because usually the reason we continue with certain behaviors and patterns in our lives is because we imagine that the loss or the drawback or the downside isn't that bad compared to what we get. But with social media, that's really tricky because the dopamine hit is so real that oftentimes we are not in control. We just can't get ourselves to break that dopamine hit pattern. And so we don't realize that we're actually losing 30 to, you know, two, 30 minutes to two hours a day. You wouldn't believe how much time over the course of a 24 hour period people are on there and they think, oh, I'm just scrolling for a few minutes. But if you actually track yourself or you get one of those apps on your phone to track, it's a huge amount of time. And you need to consider what are you losing? What else could you be doing in your life if you weren't doing that? Okay. Next question, what, if anything, would you like to change about your relationship to social media? This is going to be so personal for each one of us. For some of us, it might be nothing. For some of us, it might be, I don't want to go on there every day, or I only want to go on every day, but for a few minutes. I don't want to be on there at all for months. And anything is fine here. It's all about you and what you want and how you want to change your relationship to the substance. Then ask yourself, what can you commit to for the next week as an experiment to get closer to what you want? And finally, how can you track your experience? So data shows that whenever we are trying to make a behavior change or we want something different, if we track it, we are so much more likely to be able to make that change because we actually start to understand and investigate and unpack our specific relationship or patterns or pitfalls with whatever that is. So if you're wanting to go off of social media for a week, what I recommend is you create a little tracker sheet. You can create a Google doc or something else, or just write it in your journal. And then every single day, make a note. Oh, I, at lunch, I went to check my phone and I forgot I wasn't going on social media. I went right into the app and I looked at Instagram. Okay. So then you might say to yourself, okay, if I want to succeed tomorrow, what do I need to do? Ah, I need to take Instagram app off of my phone. So it's not as easy to access it. And little by little, you'll start to see all the conditions, setups, and behaviors and patterns that you've gotten into that are having you feel less in control, less in self-governance around this substance. So those are the questions that I think are really valuable to lead yourself through. And I want to just say to you that there are many different options. Okay. So I promised you options. So I want to just present some of those and give you some ideas before we wrap up about how you might create your own social media detox that will work specifically for you. So some options are that you could decide to go off completely for a set amount of time. That could be a week, a month, multiple months, a year. You could decide that you want to go on once a day, but only for 10 or 15 minutes a day. You could decide that you don't want to go on every day, but you want to go on once or twice a week, again, for a set amount of time. Or you could decide that you want to go on multiple times a day, but with certain boundaries or no boundaries at all. So all of this is your game. It's your life. It's your feelings. It's your experience. And all that I care about is that you feel empowerment in self-governance, in self-authorship of your own experience. And what I've observed and heard from so many women is that social media 
diminishes all of those experiences. And then that bleeds into and affects other areas of life, which to me is tragic because as women, we have so much potential. We have so much to contribute. We're so smart. We're so wise. We have so much to offer. And if this substance is compromising that on any level, we've got to get it out because life is too short. Our relationships are too important. Our mission, our purpose, what we love matters. And we do not want to compromise that on any level. I'm not saying social media has to compromise it, but if it is, we got to get in right relationship. We got to set those boundaries and we got to decide for ourselves how we're going to relate. Okay. Because then social media can start to work for us. It can start to work for our business ideas or our relationship goals or our desire for learning and inspiration and adventure. And that's the real magic. When the social media starts working for us, our empowerment returns, our joy returns, our life force returns. And that is a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful way to partner with and dance with social media so that it becomes for us, not against us. So when you're going to design your social media detox plan, decide what you're going to do, how long you're going to do it for, how you're going to track it, And then I want you to evaluate. And this is really critical. And it's a step that most women miss when any behavior change. Okay. So it's what you're going to do. So I'll give you an example. I'm going to go off social media for 30 days completely when you're going to do it. So that's the time bound piece, which is 30 days, how you're going to track it. So you can make a spreadsheet or a sheet in your journal and just say, okay, every day I'm going to write down if I did it or not. And if I messed up, What was the thing that caused me to slip and look at it? And then I'm going to review. So I'm going to bake into my calendar at every week. I'm going to check how am I doing after week one? What am I noticing is different about my experience? How do I feel? How's my experience of life? What's changed? I'm going to do that again at the end of week two, end of week three, end of week four. And then also decide what are you going to do at the end of week four? You can just go back into your old habitual patterns Or are you going to create a new pattern where you don't go on ever again, or you go on once a week or one of those more reduced plans and you just get to make that decision again. So what are you going to do? When are you going to do it? How are you going to track it? And how are you going to review and assess the results for yourself? It's pretty simple. And the truth is you can do this for any behavior change that you want to make in your life, whether that's around food or exercise or relationships or work, anything that's important to you. But the bottom line is you matter. Your life matters. Your time is invaluable. Seriously, it is so invaluable. And you have the power to decide how you want to relate the substance of social media or any other factor in your life. I truly believe that. And I've seen it time and time again, when women take more control, they get more awake, more conscious with what's going on, what they're allowing their brains and bodies to consume. It's life-changing. Okay. So I hope you enjoy these ideas totally pumped me up. And it's because I've seen such dramatic results in my own experience of life and the, the lives of the women that I work with. If you are new to these ideas or you're just wanting more information or ideas about, you know, social media and what it is, how it affects us, I highly recommend the documentary, The Social Dilemma. You know, it is a little bit 
one-sided or biased in terms of how it's talking about social media. So just take it with a grain of salt, but it's a highly important documentary, I think for all of us who are exposed to social media to understand the risk that we're taking when we engage with the substance, particularly unconsciously or without a lot of self-governance. Thank you so much for listening. And I so look forward to connecting in our next episode. And in the meantime, take really good care of yourself and the ones that you love and happy social media detox plan making. Enjoy. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Today podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and take a moment to leave a rating and a review. The more five-star ratings this podcast gets, the more easily women around the world will be able to access this valuable information. Remember, we each have our unique role to play in this collective uprising for women all over the world. Whoever you are and wherever you find yourself in this moment, there is a deep intelligence to your particular place in the wider web, and we need the specific experiences, insights, and gifts that only you carry. I am sending you my heartfelt strength and support for wherever you are on the journey, and I'll look forward to connecting again next week.